Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. Let, let, me, let me tell the podcast listeners about the radio woes of this morning. So there's uh, certain pieces of technology that they have uh, given us to be able to communicate with each other remotely since this fucking pandemic. And they stopped working this morning. So we had to go to the backup, but the backup sounds different. And you wouldn't believe what a difference it makes not being able to hear yourself and hearing a different thing that you normally hear every day. So the radio show was a gong show today. If you were listening, I apologize. That is 100% someone else's fault. I don't know who I'm going to throw under the bus, but somebody's getting thrown under the bus. I don't know. Pick a name. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, we did kind of get it figured out at the end of the show, and we're here for another edition of After 9. This one's going to be a fairly quick one because it's summertime and you've got shit to do, and so do we. So we're just going to blow through a couple of different things here. Number one, it seems like things have returned more towards calm in Afghanistan. And the Taliban has now said they're going to hold a general amnesty. Basically, they say they're going to let bygones be bygones. If you were one of the people that were helping the allied forces against the Taliban, forget it. Mm. Let's just start fresh. Okay. And we trust this? Oh, we all trust this. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Oh, it's just uh, absolutely. I think you can take that at face value. Right. Sure. Okay. Uh, So you just want me to step forward and say, yes, I helped the American, Canadian, British, whatever troops in Afghanistan against you guys. And you're going to be cool with that if I admit that? Yeah. Okay. I did it. No one's going to get beheaded or anything like that. I'm sure everything will be just fine. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm just glad. Hey, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I should be glad or not. Maybe, maybe we'd be speaking too soon if we felt like we were relieved to hear that. But because it does make you feel guilty. I mean, I mentioned it yesterday. It's just like a strange guilt I feel because I'm in the place that I live, which I don't have to worry about that. And that makes me feel guilty as a human because we're all humans. So it sucks that some people are dealing with shit like that and I get to just watch it on the news and look at you know whatever I scroll through a feed and see horrendous videos and I'm not there and I there's nothing I feel like there's nothing I can do about it so it gives me a little bit of relief to hear that but obviously like you said we have to uh, we have to trust that but I don't think many people do right I don't think people trust it either and I certainly don't think many Afghans uh trust it so we'll Mm -hmm. see how it goes in any case the good news is things are fairly calm by all accounts in kabul today which is great they needed that the americans did exactly what we said they should do they got there and they secured the airport then they got some calm and order restored and then biden came out yesterday and he actually had a really good speech he said listen we spent 20 years getting rid of the taliban or pushing back the taliban Training the Afghan army, we paid them their salaries, we armed them, we even created an air force for this Afghan army. They've got 300,000 troops. And when the Taliban came and the Americans were gone, the leadership in Afghanistan fled and the army crumbled. They said, "Eh, yep, we're not, not, not doing this. Nope. They basically just surrendered. So Joe Biden said, hey, listen. Uh, We spent over a trillion dollars on this over two different decades. Four different U.S. presidents have presided over this war. And 
We're not going to keep fighting the Taliban if the Afghans themselves don't want to fight the Taliban. It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, when they heard it put that way, were able to say, yeah, I mean, why are Americans over there fighting the Taliban for the Afghani people if the Afghani people don't want to fight the Taliban themselves or specifically their army? Uh, I don't know. They've got the Taliban outnumbered like more than three to one. It is kind of suspicious that they just rolled over and didn't bother to try and defend their cities. <laughs> yeah, maybe if we say that and then you'd be quiet for a few months and then kaboom. You know, that's what it, that's what I'm thinking anyway. Uh, that was basically the way Biden put it. You can go back and YouTube his speech. It was um, uh, there were some things in there that were questionable. But either way, that's his reasoning for continuing to pull out the troops. We, so. And I, when I say we, I mean North Americans. Do you believe we have a lot of um, hidden uh, people in there um, doing their own research and bringing the information back to us? They do, right? There's no way in hell the United States of America doesn't have a lot of covert operations happening there and undercover Taliban members in action there. They've got that. Yeah. They've yeah. got they drones. Do it, yeah. They've got everything. Yeah, they've got it all. They've got it all. So I'm sure that that's what makes them feel a little better, too, is knowing the or feeling as if they know the inside scoop of what's happening and having those people infiltrated into the Taliban. Cause you know, it's, that's definitely the case that people who've been there for years and years and years and years, I'm sure that have built trust. I have no doubt about it because they'll do that here in North America for drug crimes, for example. So why would they not do it there? You know, when all lies are going to be on the States, if shit goes wrong. Well, Biden almost kind of put out a threat without actually making a threat yesterday. He said, listen, we as Americans have the capability to strike just about anywhere where there's an imminent threat to us. And we will, even if it is in other countries. So basically what he was telling the Taliban was don't fuck around because if we find out you're doing some some terroristy kind of shit, you won't even see it coming. There's just going to be a massive explosion and you're gone. It's kind of weird to know that they can hit just about any corner of the globe with no notice. They can just boom. Push a button and somebody's getting nuked. I don't mean nuked. They probably wouldn't use nuclear weapons, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Somebody's getting blown up and and they don't even have to send a real person or plane to do it. They can have a drone in the sky, fire a missile. And again, you would never know. You'd hear a little whistle and then you're gone. Boom. Just like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if that didn't put a little fear into them, then I don't really know what will. Either way, it's calm there this morning. And that's the good news because all I want is for... No civilians to get killed here. I mean, if the armies want to fight armies, that's one thing. But when innocent people are getting killed, that was what was really scary. Uh, a couple other things. I hate to uh, jump from that to this, but here in Canada, our election campaign is underway. And uh, the one thing that I found very interesting was the polls. Yesterday, the prime minister did not have a very good day. Trudeau came out and I think he thought that with 80% of the country fully vaxxed when he said anybody under federal jurisdiction is going to have to get vaccinated. He'd have widespread support for that. But it didn't quite go down that way. Aaron O'Toole from the Conservative Party, he announced his plan, too. And he said, OK, listen, we're not going to make the entire federal civil service get vaccinated. People have a choice and your choice is simple. Either get vaccinated or don't. But if you don't, you will have to be subjected to other screening so that we can make sure that the people who are vaccinated can be competent. So when you come into work, you're probably going to have to be rapid tested. 
we're going to do regular surveillance to make sure that if you're coming into work unvaccinated, that you don't have COVID or one of the variants. Okay, well, that's fine. That's his policy. And Trudeau said, no, it's just plain going to be mandatory. But then when Trudeau got asked more details about his plan, it actually kind of came out that he can't really, at this point, make it mandatory. So for those who say, no, no matter what, I'm not getting vaccinated, then they would have to go through a series of rapid tests. He basically ended up pitching the exact same thing as Aaron O'Toole's pitching. So there's no difference there. And it's already starting to reflect. I mean, I follow a lot of different people from a lot of different parties on social media. And what I'm seeing is I kind of feel a bit of a momentum swing. I I think most people thought when this election was called, it was going to be the coronation of Justin Trudeau. I'm not sure if it's going to go down that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a new Leger poll from Leger in the Canadian press that was done on the weekend. And it found 35% of decided voters will vote liberal. 30% will vote conservative, and it was something like 20% will vote NDP. (laughs) But then there was another poll from another company that was done specifically in the GTA, and the GTA is probably going to make the difference in this election. That's probably going to decide who's going to be the next prime minister. It's not going to be as influenced by Quebec this time. The Atlantic provinces always vote liberal. B.C. always has their voting ways. Alberta typically votes conservative. I mean, people are locked in, but the GTA can be fickle. And in the GTA, they found there is a one point difference between the conservatives and the liberals. Yeah. The liberals are up by one point in the GTA. And it all comes down to seats. So if that's the case, uh, it might be closer than some people think. I don't think so. I, you polls, think it'll be- first of all, polls are such bullshit. I hate them. I hate that constantly for the next fucking month, I'm going to have to hear about this poll says this, and oh, here's an update on the poll. Nobody fucking cares about the polls. And if you look at history, the polls rarely are even close to accurate. And the people who are voicing their opinions right now are usually the ones that are saying, fuck Trudeau, fuck Trudeau. I see it constantly. But they said that before the last election too. Nice hair, fucking douchebag. He got elected. He got elected the first time around. I see it happening again. And it's just because people are quiet about it doesn't mean it's not happening. And the polls, I don't even know where the fuck these polls come from. The people who are most likely to take part in these polls, because no one's coming at my door. No one's knocking on my fucking door asking me to take a poll. I don't see that. Which means those people are going out of their way to submit their vote in in this poll ahead of the election. And to me... That's going to be a certain, a particular person more so than another person that will go out of their way to do it because they want to prove a point. Like, well, this is what I'm voting, everybody. It takes a certain person to even participate in that poll. That's my theory on it anyway, because the polls are rarely accurate. Fucking hate them, Scott. You know I hate them. Anytime. I know you hate polls. Fucking hate them. But anyway, you you know, I, I, I don't think that, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I know some people will hate hearing that. Fine. Uh, all well and good, but I, I don't think that's the case. And I don't think when it comes to the conservatives that, I, I mean, I do agree with you because I'm not sure they picked a great one in Aaron O'Toole, and I'm not sure if there was a better choice. You did mention a couple of great names yesterday. The one I know is Lisa Raitt. That would have been cool because I actually really like her as a person, as a human. And that's what I look for, too. When I'm casting my ballot, it's not just just strictly based on your platform because we know some of that's a lie. We know Look at the course of history. A lot of that shit either won't happen during your term if you're elected, won't happen, period, or you'll go back on it, say something else, or maybe it'll be half-assed done. Rarely does it happen that this is what I'm doing, and right away that's what you do. 
it's it's usually a surprise to me when that happens. But I also look at the individual as at as a person. Who are you? How do I feel about you? Do I get a good vibe from you? Do you actually seem like a legitimate person that I would want to be in charge of leading this country as a human? Not what's on paper. I don't give a fuck any of that stuff. I don't care what you have to say about the other people. That's another thing I hate about these attack ads that we're going to start hearing too. I don't give a shit what you have to say. We don't act like we're stupid because that's my number one problem with these attack ads. You are insulting me by sitting here and reiterating everything. For example, Justin Trudeau has done over like I I'm a person and I pay attention. You don't have to fucking ABC one, two, three me on this shit. Don't do it. Cause that just makes me feel like you're a piece of shit. You tell me what you are for what you want to fight for. Don't waste your, you're, you're wasting our money basically talking about the other guys and every party does it. Every single party does it. Stop wasting your time. Tell me about you. Tell me a little bit about you. Aaron O'Toole's one example, whatever, Jugmeet Singh, whatever, whoever wants to do it and, and put out an ad, tell me a little bit more about you. That is more likely to get you a vote than sitting there attacking the other party and putting out a platform that's likely 80% bullshit because we see right through it. I think there's no good option here, Scott. I, I think there's zero good options. I am undecided for the first time in as long as I can remember for this upcoming election. But it's only the second full day today. So uh, you know what? Lots can happen. It is the shortest campaign allowed by law. September 20th is election day. But I think the advance polls will probably start opening in about two to three weeks. There should be a lot of advance polls. And like we said yesterday, keep the voting out of schools this time around. You don't need a whole bunch of strangers wandering around with a bunch of or in a building full of unvaccinated sure. kids. Sure, yeah. Uh, from the election to let's do some food news here. This came up on our show today and I saw it as on one of the food rumor type sites. And then it was confirmed right away by the chain. Little Caesars is introducing the crazy calzoni, C-A-L-Z-O-N-Y calzoni, which is a half pizza, half calzone. (laughs) Calzoni with bologna. So what they did was they took like a regular round Little Caesars pizza. Delicious, by the way. And don't fight me on this, guys. I'm going to tell you the truth. Don't fight me on it. The best pizza sauce is at Little Caesars. The sauce that goes on a pizza, Little Caesars does it better than anybody else. What's different about their sauce? It's just got like a little tanginess to it. Ah, It's almost like they seasoned their sauce really Ah. well. Because I know some places mix in barbecue sauce with their with their pizza sauce to give it that. Or some people request it, I should say, too. You can actually request that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. No, I mean, I just find that when it comes to pizza, Little Caesars has the best sauce. And I like that on nice. a on a za. So what they do is they take this round Little Caesars pizza. Then they make four cuts in it on the outside, like right at the crust. They take those cuts and they fold them together. Then they bake it. So if you want to see what this looks like, go to scottandcat.ca. I posted it earlier this morning. So it almost looks like you've got four little mini folded over calzones with a square of pizza in the middle. Genius. I can't believe that in 2021, (laughs) we are just coming up with this. This is a pizza innovation in our lifetime. It does look very shareable. That's what I like about it the most is it's very shareable. It's very clear and concise. You don't have to touch someone else's slice when you're pulling this off. That's what it looks like to me, and that's what I like about it. Yep, for sure. If I order a medium pizza, I'll eat the whole pizza. Is that bad? 
I, I don't think that you're alone there. I don't think that you're alone. There's probably a lot of people who would. Is it, it bad? I, I mean, God, if I if you ask a nutritionist, they'll tell you that's probably that's definitely not recommended. But you, you know, you do you. Only you know what you can handle. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like I I know I'm fat, but I mean, if I order a medium pizza and then sit down and eat the whole thing, I feel fantastic for a while, and then I feel like death warmed over. <laughs> But I mean, I don't know. It's not a standard serving per se. I don't know how. How? What does the average person eat? Do you usually eat a medium pizza, a no. small pizza? If it's a large pizza, I'm not finishing the whole thing. I'll save a couple of slices for the next morning. But yeah, I eat a whole medium pizza. I don't. I'm sure somebody's going to DM me about that. Yeah. But I, I have a feeling there's a lot of guys in the same boat. You can eat a medium pizza, right? I think most guys who sit down and put their mind to it can eat a medium pizza. Over the course you of you shouldn't evening. have to put your mind to shoving shit in your face, though. <laughs> That's not how it works. You're supposed to listen to your body. Isn't that how it's supposed to go? Don't be like, you got this fucking eat the whole thing. It's supposed to be. Oh, I feel a little full after two slices. Maybe I'll take a break. That's what it's supposed to be. Nah, the flavor wins every time. And if it tastes good, I'm going to keep going. Uh, uh, this is an interesting one. It's a survey that asks people a simple question. We all know that when you get food delivered, you're supposed to tip the driver. When you go to a restaurant, you tip the server. Right. What about when you pick up food? The question was, do you tip when you pick up? And I was just thinking about this on the weekend because I was out and there was a pita pit. So I stopped and I grabbed a pita to go. And they have a tip jar right there. It was actually clever. It says, what is pita spelled backwards? A tip. Uh-huh. I thought, uh, okay, I mean, I don't have any cash on me, so I'm not going to put anything in the tip jar. But then there was also a tip button for Pita Pit. Wow. And I'm thinking, am, am I supposed to tip there? Because that seems like a weird one to me. I don't yeah. know if I can get behind that. Yeah, that one's a weird one for me, too. I'll tell you something. Pre-pandemic, picking up food, I didn't usually tip because I feel like I'm just grabbing food and going. I, I don't require too much of your service. Uh, maybe I'll give a couple bucks because I know that the person, there's someone who packaged that. And hopefully it gets to the person that packaged it, whether it's an expo, which is someone in the back that kind of sets stuff up, or whether it's the bartender. Maybe it's the bartender's job. Uh, some places make the manager do it because they want to be fair and even for those servers and people who have other things to do that get paid based off tips. So every place is different. So it's hard for me as a customer to walk into a place and understand what's happening. So, but if I get the vibe that oh, this this bartender's working hard, like, oh, I'm going to get your order. Hang on a second. I'm tipping every time, especially post or, or during during this pandemic. I shouldn't say post pandemic. Fuck. But during this pandemic, I actually went to a Turtle Jacks. I went to Turtle Jacks in Guelph to pick up an order. And when I went there, it was patio only at the time. It started to rain and I was standing outside waiting for my takeout order. And the woman that was working was working the entire patio by herself, doing everything. And the patio was packed and it just started to like lightly rain. And so I just kind of hovered under a little bit of a cover at the patio. And she said, no, 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 come inside. So she let me, even though I know it wasn't allowed, she let me just stand kind of at the doorway so I wouldn't get rained on. She was the one doing everything. I watched her hustle. I gave her the same amount of tip I would have had I was had I been sitting down in the restaurant. Because hmm. to me, I saw that she was working hard for that. She went out of her way to help me, probably assuming she would get no tip or a very little tip from someone picking out a, picking up a takeout order. Because I think most people don't, Scott. So for me, I did. So I usually do circumstance by circumstance. I got to admit the pita pit thing kind of makes me go, 
Really? And the only reason why is because they are not making a server's wage. And there is a difference between a server's wage and minimum wage. And it's quite a bit different. You are making much less as a server on the floor of a restaurant than you are at a pita pit. Yeah, and I mean, the lines kind of get blurred a little bit there with takeout because your example is great. You go to Turtle Jack's and you can see somebody actually working there to get your shit together. That's great. But I can also go to McDonald's and I can see shit putting my things or see people putting my shit together. But it's never once occurred to me to tip the person at McDonald's who hands me my chicken nugget combo. And I really don't know what the difference is between the two. It's just maybe it's because, well, they serve alcohol here, so I got a tip. Or it's fast food, so I don't got a tip. I'm not sure what the difference is, but it's basically the same thing. If you call ahead and then go pick up your order from Turtle Jack's, it's no different than ordering on the app and going to pick up your order from Pita Pit or McDonald's. But one you tip at and one you don't. Overall, by the way, 67% say they do tip when they do a takeout order, but they tip less. The average was about 10 to 15%. So a little Mm. less than if you had a server coming to your table, like at the keg or something like that. Uh, One other thing I want to mention is if you're in a parking lot, like maybe uh, Walmart, for example, or Canadian Tire, and you accidentally clip somebody's car or back into it trying to get into your space, you do a wide turn, scratch up their vehicle, even a door ding. And you don't leave a note. You're a fucking asshole. (laughs) You are a true prick. That is such a shitty thing to do to someone else is to damage their vehicle and not leave a note. I don't think anybody expects that if you're at Canadian Tire or Walmart, if you hit somebody's car, that you sit there and wait for that person to come out of the store. I don't think anybody expects that. But you should at least leave a note and number one, apologize. And number two, leave your contact information. You did the damage. You're responsible for repairing that damage. So if you leave your info, they call you, you can either go through insurance or do it privately, maybe just send them some cash and they go and do it on their own. However you want to do it, you screwed up, so you've got to pay for that damage. It's not their fault. They were parked. Well, here's a story from a woman. She actually told it in video on TikTok. She was parked at Walmart. Somebody crashed into her car, and it actually looks like a pretty substantial crash. I mean, this wasn't a little clip. Like, this is like a full-blown, like, Sideswiped it. She did leave a note. But the note said, Hi, sorry I hit your car. I don't have the money to repair it, but please take these chocolate bars. And left her two chocolate bars on her windshield. <laughs> oh, that's kind of insulting. I don't know if uh, the mechanic that you go to to get that damage repaired accepts payment in the fr- form of Hershey bars but that's not okay. Were they at least good bars, though? Like, if, they, if you tell me it was a bounty, I'd punch that person in the face. <laughs> Could you imagine? Add injury oh. to insult with a bounty and a big Turk. Fuck you. <laughs> um, it's hard to tell exactly what they were because it's summertime and the chocolate bars fucking melted. Like, not only did you... You did leave a note and you did apologize. So that's step one. Good. You checked one box. But... You didn't leave any contact info, you didn't leave any money, and you did leave a mess because the chocolate bar you left as a nice gesture fucking melted everywhere. Mm -hmm. So what really got accomplished here? But I also understand the scenario where 
you don't have the money. Yeah, if I hit somebody's car and yeah. I don't have any cash to fix it, I really don't know what I'm leaving a note for other than to apologize because there's nothing I can do to fix the car anyway. Right. I, it's That's tough because for me, if, if I just got dinged, let's say it really was truly a ding and someone left me a note apologizing and explaining I really don't have money. You know what? I'm 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 I'll forgive you. I will forgive you. But like you said, when you leave, you don't say anything at all. I, th- I don't know. I think that's even worse. I know there's some people who leave a note like that because other people are around and might have seen it. So they want to make it seem like they're giving their information to that person when really they're writing a note saying, sorry, I hit your car. I can't afford to pay you for this. I can't. I don't have insurance or it's too expensive for to go through insurance. I simply can't. And they'll do it just because other people are around and watching them, assuming that they're giving their info. Which is like, ah, it's crazy. Can we just all drive carefully? That'd be a good fucking idea, no? Yeah. I mean, I fully agree that accidents do happen from time to time. Sure. Shit goes wrong. I mean, I almost hit somebody's car once in a parking lot, but only because I had to swerve at the last minute because a kid got away from their parent and ran right in front of my car. (gasps) Jesus, that's a scary shit to me. It is. Kids in a parking lot. I fucking hate it. I hate when my kids are in a parking lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I swear I was paying attention. I swerved to guaranteed not hit the kid. And I did almost hit a car. I came like maybe six inches short. So... No damage. It was a good scare for me, probably for the kid, definitely for the mom. But nobody got hurt. Nobody, nothing got damaged. But I can see how an accident could happen. But with the amount of cameras around these days, it is such a stupid idea right. to leave. Yeah. I mean, then you've gone from a simple accident that you can work out between you and the other person, however you work it out, to an actual honest to God hit and run. And then you're getting into pretty serious territory there. Leave a note. Be a good person. This person didn't. They left chocolate. I don't know. Maybe if it was a colder month than fucking August, the chocolate wouldn't have melted and the person might have felt better about it. Might as well leave an ice cream cone, you prick. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Just brutal. Uh, Anything else you want to cover in this edition? Uh, Yeah, let's keep... We'll keep... Oh, one more. You know what? I will. One thing, because it is actually... um, an update, an update, I, I suppose, from yesterday's. We were talking about sounding. You were talking about the guy who stuck the beans up his dick hole yesterday. Yes. Yeah. So I got a message. You know what? I'll keep you anonymous because this is a big fan of the podcast after nine. Uh, it loves listening all the time. I'll keep your name uh, anonymous because I'm not sure whether he wants his name to be known or not. But he used to work at Aren't We Naughty? And he says because he worked there, he needed to learn a lot more about sounding. And people would come in interested in sounding and they'd buy materials and things for this. He says, essentially, the urethra passes by so many nerve endings. So for women, the clitoris, the G-spot, for men, the penis, the head. And if you go deep enough, the prostate. You can directly stimulate the prostate because the urethra passes through. And apparently it's extremely intense. It originated from a medical procedure that clears the urethra and its blockages, but it's a high-level kink. It's considered a high-level kink. You need to be very careful, use tons of lube, and this is what he had learned to pass on to the customers. I don't know. Uh, Rods made of metal-grade material only to stretch the urethra over time. So I wasn't wrong. You do have to stretch it over time. You got to work your way up to it. There you go. So thank you so much for that information, listener, that will remain anonymous. We appreciate you listening. I wonder how in-depth that training course is at Aren't We Naughty? 
Well, that's what I thought, too. I thought this isn't even the wildest thing that you learned, obviously. So I, I'd be curious to speak with someone who, who has, like, training on that. <laughs> because, yeah, I feel like you're right. That would take several sessions of training and a lot of head, head tilts of, oh, oh. really? Uh, that goes there? <laughs> and then they like it right there, stuck up that way? But I don't understand why you're trying to reach the prostate through the urethra. Why don't you just go through the ass? I don't know. You know, and it's funny because when I, I don't know if you remember this, there was someone who was definitely into it um, that replied once after a podcast that we had done. And we were talking about catheters. And because I had uh, C-sections with both my girls, I was, it was a surgery. So I had a catheter in, removing the catheter was the weirdest feeling that I've ever felt. And unless you've had a catheter in and then had it removed, I don't think you. I can really relate it to anything. The best thing I can come up with is, you know when you stick a finger inside a belly button? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Particularly, I mean, yours inside your own. That weird kind of feeling. It was like that, but much more intense. I personally, like, couldn't stand it. I was like, rip it out, nurse. Rip it out quick. Do it as quick as possible. I hate that feeling. And even the nurse at the time told me, Interesting. Some people love this feeling. And that's when I learned a little bit more about it. So it doesn't surprise me, uh, but it's in, but it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's to each the rope. Okay. I like a lot about weird parts of the body in the last two days. Okay. I know. I know. That's all we've got for today, everybody. Hope you have a fantastic one. Uh, you can DM us anytime at Scott Fox on Air or at Cat on Air on the gram. And we'll catch you right back here tomorrow. Bye. Uh, Some business news. I read that Walmart is looking to hire a cryptocurrency expert to oversee the company's digital currency push. At first, digital currency was used to purchase art. Soon it will be used to buy volleyball nets and Slim Jims. (laughs) Seriously, I love to meet the guy at Walmart who buys a pair of jorts with Bitcoin. Some COVID news. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is calling for a federal crackdown on fake vaccination cards, which are apparently being sold all over the internet. Personally, I'm shocked. You're telling me people figured out how to photocopy index cards? New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is facing criticism for taking a vacation to Italy amidst a spike in coronavirus cases. He knows he can get that food in Jersey, right? Their state flag is sausage and peppers. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.